We are live. We are coming to you from, uh, it's taking a little while for uh, the Facebook and everything to catch up, but I am so honored to have my good friend, Ea Rahman, Alaraka Rahman, here with me today, all the way from Chennai, India. So we're, wanting, we're letting everybody sort of catch up and find us. Um, I hope that I, I like to say a little bit, for those of you people who don't know who I am, my name is Bernard Hiller. I teach acting here. Uh, I teach here and around the world. Uh, I specialize in teaching people how to find their creativity and how to use it in their life and in their business. And today we're going to uh, find out about AR's incredible musical journey. He is a music icon for those who don't know who he is, and you should. Uh, he's sold over a hundred million albums. He's won an Oscar. He's won a Grammy. He's won a Golden Globe. He's won a BAFTA. Uh, he's also been listed as the hundred most important people on Time Magazine. Influential. You've done. You work with Bono, Rolling Stones, Coldplay. You did a West End show. My God, you're so. I'm, I'm tired just reading your credits. It's like you've done the the Bombay. Okay, you know Oh, enough. Thank you, Bunny. Like, oh, I just have one day. You've done 100. You, I want to talk about 100 soundtracks. I welcome you, the one, the only, Alaraka Rahman. A.R. Rahman, you're here. Thank you very much for being here with me. Thank you, Bunny. How are you doing? How's, how's the weather in uh, Los Angeles? The weather in LA is always nice. How is uh, quarantine? How is quarantine it's, in, in it's, it's very peaceful. I'm, you know, you know it. Uh, in a very selfish way, it is really cool, but then you see a lot of people suffering, oh, yes. and the other side is really dark. But um, yeah, this is a face which you're going to remember for the rest of your lives. And oh yeah, it's good. You, what What do you recommend for people to do? You're such a an artist, a musician. What do you would you recommend people to do at a time like this? Each one, uh, it's subjective. You know, each one of us have our own journey. I think it's catching up time and realization time, um, spending time with families, spending time improving your skills, spending time going internal, yeah. Uh, I have been fortunate to be a friend of yours for a long time, so I thank you for coming on. Uh, my family loves your family. You have an incredible family unit. Uh, where did that come from? Uh, you're so close to your children, uh, you have you have them all in show business with you. You take them with you, and I know that you want them around. Where did that come come from? Where did that come? That love that you just give out to everybody. Where does that come from? Uh, with the children, I think, of course, because I never I uh, had you know, I, my father passed away very early, but so I was trying to be that father I never had, <laughs> and. Um, and see what we can do because we most of the people who are celebrities they we only think about ourselves in a way because we are challenged every moment and it's important to nurture our kids because they will be the future they'll be taking whatever you've done so far further so like what Confucius says you know like 
you can teach someone they'll forget but if they involve if they get involved i think they'll learn and so that's that's also very risky you can't involve somebody in a professional work so these 2 3 months were actually in a way where i started involving my kids like because there nobody else around so just go send this file and you know mix this try to mix this and try to comp this and it was interesting so my daughter sang a couple of songs and then my son was learning you know editing and kind of mixing and all the stuff so uh like i said it's catching up time no but it's such a beautiful thing about you is that you are really using your creativity today what i want to talk about is celebrating the artist which is the theme of all these uh Instagram live and today we're doing Facebook live because we wanted to have you play your beautiful piano. Uh I know that you mentioned your father and he died at the age when you were 9 years old, which was a very traumatic experience for you and I know you've talked about it to me many times. Uh is it true you started playing piano at the age of 11 for your family trying to raise money or uh, I mean yes, sometimes you know you your life is shaped by destiny like i had to learn because that's the only way to survive and we had all the equipments and my mother felt that it's a better way to do dealing with things rather rather than selling all the equipments so you know what my father had and when going back to that i feel like each one of us of in a way when you're forced to do things and that becomes your foundation you know and for me i think the foundation was uh, for 10 years of my life was going through everything which is normal so i didn't have to do normal things i could do things which i liked when i started my career as a composer and that saved me you know trying and trying and testing and failing and so i could start with a fresh you know page and what do you think you would have done what would you have done if you hadn't gone into music i mean is that something that that you just knew in your what would you be doing right now if you weren't a musician i don't know i mean that's <laughs> that's a question i get asked and um we are led to certain things and and we are forced to rise and we get messages you know from nature from the infinite we have to take those messages we take those coded messages and go forward i think well the idea you know how much i believe in the fact of listening to instinct you're a very spiritual man uh you're very humble and spiritual i want to know something what is the first song that you remember learning on the piano when you were just a child what was one of your first songs you remember that touches you that maybe you could play that song for us what was that first song um the question <laughs> but you know there, like, there were uh, a couple of things which my father i mean because you know when you everybody you know we uh, father is a hero because he he was doing music he had all this uh, vinyl records and i would play them and so he did very less movies because he was an assistant and he was a conductor arranger for other people but his own music was uh, probably probably 6 to 7 movies i think i may be wrong remember do you remember any of these and any of the melodies that he played that that he composed uh yes i think there was one you play something for him in honor of your dad your dad could you just play something for him 
Well, this is called uh, from a movie called Kaveri. Kaveri is actually a river, and it's a name. such soul and such all your music has such inspiration and when you look at it, you know i've known you for a while and it's just amazing uh when i got to uh when i first started finding out more about you because i had to, i wanted to see what don't i know about mr ar rahman it seems that when you started the industry you started doing jingles is that true that you did jingles for advertising is that correct yeah. jingles were actually uh redemption for me because i was playing in the the movie industry and everybody knows about that uh in from 82 to 91 i think a session so around 87 88 when i got my you know my samplers and you know sequencer which i brought from singapore um i had the sense of freedom so i could do my own thing and i would get hired by composers to program you know on sequencing midi sequencing and all the stuff and that's when the jingle market kind of opened up and it was a completely new crowd young crowd and they were doing international things you know ads which are uh, made here which went international or you know they would adapt some of the stuff international thing to national so it kind of pushed me to learn that there was another world another way of looking at music and so and i would ask all my colleagues friends i made on the thing to give me tapes of foreign commercials just to listen just to see how the world was working spanish ones and south south american american european uh and you know the east japanese and chinese and taiwanese and i think that kind of opened up when something is smaller it's easier to decode and see how it works how uh sound to picture works you know in a different way where traditional film scoring here was formulaic and when you hear a sound of a a background score you know which reel it was there were 14 reels those days and the movies were 3 hours and there was an interval between in movies and right. you can never- hear okay this is the time when the hero is coming and bashing up the villains this is reel 13 <laughs> and and there will be a shenai solo which is like an oboe which plays sad when somebody passes away and okay something's happening here next is going to be the the happy moment so it was formal like those days uh, i was in that era and and i think when i came in the 90s i think more experimental films started coming in and sound began uh, to open up there was dolby stereo suddenly until then it was all mono right even yeah. the movie theaters were mono dolby stereo came in i think i think it was 
and then suddenly this whole jump of DTS and uh, you know Dolby Surround and now Atmos and amazing things are happening. So that's the journey. The journey, yes. What was the music that most influenced you? What kind of music inspires you? What do you inspire you? I'm. You know, I played all kinds of music when I was young, from 81 to 80 or 81, 82 to 90. I was playing probably a session every day, a couple of sessions every day for different people, folk music, Indian classical. Then I was setting up equipments for college rock bands. I was also a roadie. So the, and then you will be listening to records. As uh, film musicians, you know, it's the sound um, scape was very limited. So we would go out in the car, hang out and listen to what was happening around the world. And I was in a band, you know, like film musicians band kind of thing where we would play things which were not cliche, what we do in the as work, but something else. So this is the influence. Uh, these are the influences. My father had records of uh, Bach and symphonies and Latin American music and African music and Chinese music. And so there were these, so this is the, the vocabulary of, you know, the whole encyclopedia of what I started with. And then I was learning piano on and off. I was learning uh, Carnatic music on and off. And then I was learning life. What, did, uh, what would you tell uh, the younger A.R. Rahman? That he, he just, he knew, what, what would you be telling the younger A.R. Rahman if you could go tell him something? What would you want him to do? <laughs> uh, wow. Well, I could go and say it. Tell him that you did well. <laughs> With, within all the limitations. Yeah. To live, to have more fun. No, I think the f music is always fun. Um, more than all the more than all the vices, I think when you get into music, it's productive. It's feeding a family, and it's still fun. It's not working, uh, doing a nine to five job. No disrespect to nine to five jobs. I'm saying like, this is it's a gift. It's a blessing. The idea is that you have a gift. There's no question about it. The gift has come. Uh, you obviously started becoming very successful in Bollywood, as we call it, and then Hollywood called you. Um, you also started working with Mani Ratman, who gave you a chance to be in the first huge hit of yours called Roja. That's, that was the first time as being a music composer. What did you, you always seem to take the opportunities that come your way. Uh, no, this was an extraordinary opportunity because like, for a newcomer, if you get, what if a newcomer gets Spielberg, you know, Hollywood, you know, like at, at the prime of, um, so that's what happened to me. Like, this is a stroke of luck where I bumped into Mani Ratnam and he comes in, like whole India adored him. And, and every actor wanted to be in his movies, every technician wanted to be in his movie. And, and he leaves his composer, he comes to me. And he's like a brother, a kind man. And, and so that's the biggest thing I would say ever happened in my life. And so, you know, directors are collaborators in a way. They, they are like A&R people. They are, if you, if you make friends with someone who, somebody who trusts you and you trust them, that's the best relationship. And then this relationship was like, 
he was trusting me. He was like, I was a nobody and he was trusting me like hell. And I said, I have to give my best to this man because he comes and he leaves this legendary composer and he makes a choice to use me. So I have to rise to that level. So within my limitation, I was getting all the things I knew a little bit and play, putting on the table and say, now it's you, select what do you want? What I and know that you give everything you can. I want you to, what would you tell there are many musicians who are listening to you right now. What piece of advice would you give a musician who wants to also be a composer and get in the industry? What would you recommend him? I think we all know that uh, there are two things when you're scoring for a movie, the emotion part of it and, and the originality, you know. So originality doesn't come in a day. It's not an accident. Is the choices you make on the instruments, the choices of progression, choice of how you present the music, the choice of not using certain things which are cliche, at the same time not going away from the emotional point of view. You have to make them choke. How are you going to do all this? How can you move away from a tried and tested formula and still find, up something, with... find something original? Being a... Yeah. Original is also, uh, you know, sometimes the most tried and tested ones work for certain things, but then how can you make it yours? How can you uh, move away from the formula, but yet have your sound on it? So we're all still trying to create that back in each film, like moving away from things which are already done. And then sometimes you know something is successful, 100 people copy that. It's all over the place. And, and then when you do it, you feel like, you're ripping from your own thing and you are so and then again you have you're working in hollywood it's like they expect a certain sound even if it's a cliche and so there are many factors when when somebody shines in a in a thing there it's trust it's how you build up your uh, you know aura how how i mean not intentionally it should be you and constantly refining and searching new things. It's not about how many people are going to listen to your music. It's how, how, how you're enjoying it. How you're putting your everything into it, and being honest. And sometimes you do everything, and still it's not shining. It's not happening. It happens to many of us. You feel like I've did everything, but it's still not. Something's not going on. So I, I can say that when I've been to your house, there is always a new instrument that I've never seen in the world. You always are playing with new instruments, but there's something interesting that you do. But before you start playing, you always take a moment as though the spirituality of God is coming through you. It's like you're connecting to something higher. Yeah, I feel like, you know, certain things we know, certain things we don't know, we feel it internally. We feel the gut instinct, sixth sense, which... And, and that is the science which uh, they call spirituality, God, uh, infinity. And so how do you evoke this? And each one of us have our own paths. And so when you are into it, when, when whatever path I've selected, I, whatever is convenient to me, whatever works for me, I go there and, and take from there. And so everything is just uh, probability. 
and you believe and then do when when something works it's great when something doesn't work also it's great because maybe that path is not good for you and that's why there is uh, no success in it and then you just move on creativity is the fact that you have to be ready to lose to win you're always ready to trust yourself there's not that many people I and mean, this is what i teach around the world trust your instincts trust your feelings most people live in their head when you play one of your beautiful compositions that has come inspired that you particularly like i know they have i know you have a couple of incredible things from the 99 songs which is something there and shikara which is the theme from shikara plus there's so many can you play something that is that you felt was inspired strongly, strongly. okay i'll probably shikara just released yesterday on the on my youtube channel and it's a story of uh, refugees coming out of kashmir and uh, it's a moving movie made uh, by viduvina chopra so i i did the background score for that let me try to remember the theme just uh, in every country i mean it's more powerful than anything i don't think there's anything that's more uh you have millions of followers who love your music and it doesn't really it doesn't come with the language it comes the language of speaking to the soul uh there is a there is you have so many videos i was watching this infinite love video but i in, in all the videos you have always i have this feeling of togetherness and being with the earth when did you start knowing that you could become a singer because you were a composer because you're a very good singer when did that happen <laughs> what did you say well i think i need to sing is that something that came naturally to you uh i think two two artists who who when i listened to they made uh, this compelling feeling that i should also sing even though i uh the one was uh freddie mercury queen and the other one um is a real world artist from peter gabriel's umbrella of artists called nusrat fateh ali khan sahab and he did qawali with peter gabriel and i listened to those albums and felt like oh my god this is a whole new vibe of singing it's uh, it's almost like rock with indian classical in it and um, and then then i was scoring for movies you know doing working on songs and producing songs uh i would play the singers on my keyboard 
I would play the tune so because I was embarrassed to sing and one day I think I was I would be teaching them like oh no it's like this like this and then uh one day I was like wait a minute I'm singing <laughs> I'm singing what the, what's happening and and then so on my first song I, this is after the jingles like jingles also had production and teaching and all the stuff and first when i didn't find a singer i wanted to try out a boatman's voice and i did that and then the director said whose voice is that i said why whose voice and i said it's mine keep it that way don't take it off so like <laughs> so that changed my whole career then i said okay and then he said i want you to sing and there was hama hamaosh one of the biggest hits from bombay and then you know the rest is history then I try to sing i still feel like uh you're wearing different hats one is a composer hat producer hat and so to be a singer you need to do the workouts really regularly you need to be in shape with the voice otherwise it it embarrass you and so when i'm in a concert uh after the f- i think when we have like two three weeks of rehearsal and you go on stage you feel confident but then suddenly when people ask me to sing i always feel like no not 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 now like not now yeah it's not now now i will have to come to your concert by the way i've been to your concert people go crazy how does yeah. that have so many people uh, adore you and love you what does that feel like uh I think in India in a way we are lucky that we're not pigeonholed into you know when it's a good thing and a bad thing so you do everything you do folk music you do classical music you do pop numbers you do a score like so you're you you can do anything and they trust you unlike the west oh you go you want trap music you have to go to this producer you want a score like john williams you go to john williams you want a zimmer like score you go to zimmer So, but here you have to you're wearing different caps and hats and then say like um there's one name and then you get to produce all these fun things and sometimes when it works out it's great when it doesn't work out in the movie that's well you're not questioned you just live your life mm-hmm. so so the, the 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 scope and and the the bandwidth of the music is bigger it's not just a score it's not just this it's not just that it's it's got so much you know variety and then it challenges you every day like today i've got to do a song which is uh, like sung in banaras which is you know near the ganges river and how would it sound so you do research and you go what is the mode i need to work on and so it it makes your life more interesting than well, you have say, a fascinating life you get a I want to talk a little bit the fact that I met you in a movie called Some Dog Millionaire. That's the first time I met you. I remember I was telling my wife today that yeah, I met you with Sharon Stone. Like there was a party where uh, there was a promotional thing of Fox, I think, right. and I met your son, David. That's right. That's right. I remember meeting you there and there was just something so unique and special about you. Uh, can you play a little bit of slumdog millionaire i know the people love that theme i'll do i'll play latikas theme um together 
Well, uh, what can we say? Um, there is something so beautiful listening to you play, but tell us what was the experience like, the, um, the Academy Award experience and winning two Academy Awards, especially for the song that people just love all the time, played all around the world, Jai Ho. You can't yeah. get not hearing that Jai Ho everywhere. That is, every dance class I've been to, I got a Jai Ho. What is the experience like being at the Academy? It's like a dream uh, because, you know, coming from this little town, Chennai and um, crossing over to the north, which is a unique thing again. And then and working with Andrew Lloyd Webber in the UK, where you see your name on the buses in, in, the, rain, in the train stations and then going to Broadway and then Oscars. Um, if you look at my, uh, if you study my uh, personality, you say like, oh, this guy, no, <laughs> I don't think he's going to make it. But um, so it's, I think I'll probably, I'll be like, like a living example that you don't have to look, you don't do, have to look a certain way. You don't have to be a certain way to achieve anything, but you just focus on your thing and then um, your work will take your, uh, take you. Someone who focuses on their talent, just believe. Yeah, just keep dive deep and and trust and and be honest and I think and be yourself. What is the best? <laughs> I'm just now copying other people's <laughs> advice. Anybody ever gave? Sorry. What is the best piece of advice somebody gave you to connect with that? I think. Um, you know, when I started um, from 86 to 91, there was a very special phase, you know, I, uh, I was tested a lot. I was humiliated, tested. And uh, I think these experiences uh, made me learn something which is very unique, like be in the Zen mode, be detached. Because when you're too passionate about something and it goes away, you're frustrated and you become sad and these are all negative energies and when you're detached, you know, you can take failures, you can take humiliation, you can, you don't allow anything to come and disturb your internal self. And I think that stayed with me forever. When, 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 you know, when a soundtrack does well, a movie does well, it's the same thing feeling. And when it doesn't do well, it's the same feeling. Like, okay, it didn't do well, let me see why. There are a lot of other facts which act up to the success. Uh, for me, I think it's a spiritual, spirituality is like a foundation. So I believe that uh, what you destined and what you work towards, like karma, really but gets you. And kindness about you, uh, everywhere you go, people adore you, you have this, this is who you are, it's in your core. Um, what I, what I want to know is that uh, you started also now producing and uh, writing songs and, and composing. And all of a sudden, you're now directing. I heard that you became a director. How is that that you started becoming a director for a film called Le Musk? It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember when, when I was in um, 
Mele house I met once and I said, I got the script idea, so I need to learn script writing. And you suggested your friend uh, Gabriel. So Gabriel came in and he said, instead of teaching something else, let's start dissecting your script and what it needs. So we were doing a case study and we were workshopping on that for a couple of, three, four weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so Gabriel uh, was introduced to, you, to me by you. And again in 2015, and you said, you looked at some of my work, which I shot music videos and he said, and you you kind of put that seed in my head that you can do anything you have it and kind of thing then it's all your fault it's all your fault i was with you i had the pleasure of working this film that's extraordinary which is uh you know this virtual uh, unbelievable film and we shot yeah. it. what's going on with la musk what's happening with la musk and i want la musk, uh yeah you remember we were, we were shooting it in rome in 2016, it was ahead of its time, and we we shot in the best quality, 4K, 60 frames per second, and the movie which just got smell as a screenplay, you know, I'm and gorgeous. Yeah, and so we are we are on the very very last phase of uh, stitching the whole thing together. We we have I think. 95% of the first two episodes are done. The third episode is being stitched now. And I think hopefully when, when all this COVID lockdown ends, they'll be pitching it to people, distributors. And you know, it needs to be installed. My God. It's an installation, sensory installation. What do you call it? How do you say the film is a virtual? Uh, it's a cinematic sensory project. Yes, cinema sensory project. Cinematic. I have Oh, it keeps adding. La Musk, we had the pleasure, of course, with my son who adores you. My son is very upset because he told me, he wanted me to ask you one question. Did your children audition to get into your family because they're so talented? Why is that? How is what, it? What? David wants to know because he wants to, my son wants to become part of your family because he's a musician. <laughs> so I want to know. They auditioned. Now, how did you get these? Actually, you know, like I treat everybody like my family, you know. And when I we we hang out, or and and whether it's David or Sam Schwartz's children, or you know, it it is an emotional bonding. So we pray for each other. We wish well for each other, and uh, that helps because it is like that. Because I spend more time with my friends than my family, my staff, than my family. So he's welcome anytime. No, no, no. He wants to come. He's coming. He, he wants to figure out what he has to do to get in, uh, how to audition, because he wants to be in a concert. I love your daughter. Your daughter is doing something with the Bono. Did you do something with Bono? Daughter yeah, both of them sang for the, we did a song called Ahimsa with the, the U2. Yeah. And when U2 performed in Mumbai uh, last year, they were a part of, I, actually, I didn't even tell them that they were my daughters, they, they recorded it and they liked that thing. So it was like a sign off in the very end and they they put that back in the beginning and I said, like, I was really surprised when I called my daughters and said, guys, your life is going to change. They were like afraid, what, what happened? That this is what you two has done. They put your voice in the beginning, you starting the song Ahimsa and everything wow. changed. 
And well, it seems that your son is also following in your footsteps. He's such a sweet. He's young. Oh, he's, he's young. Young. He plays the piano. He's with you. I just saw him on on your uh, so many videos. He's in. I mean, it's just like I'm telling you. You have such a sweet mind of helping everyone. Uh, what would you say? Because you know, people think that you have this perfect life. What do you do? <laughs> Don't go well. How how do you? You were mentioning before that you kind of try to not let it affect you. But what do you do when things don't go well? Is there something piece of advice for other people? I think uh, we have to do things which within where you can fix. There are certain things you can't fix, which is somebody you lose somebody, but all other things can be fixed, and it's with love and understanding, and taking steps which uh, making sure that you don't tumble <laughs> for for example taking huge amounts of you know loans and thinking that everything is going to be good so a lot of people are suffering now they're not able to play the interest on mortgage and everything so i always keep uh, this one thing when my mom taught me that don't go if you if you earn 2 bucks you can take a loan for 1 buck so you know you can get it off but if you learn if you earn one and then if you take four nobody can guarantee your life because that is going to mess up your mind and you have people knocking it these are these are basic things which i learned from my mother so i keep telling my family the same thing like you know what uh, one of the things about your humanity is that you're very much a philanthropist you always are helping the world we were working on a project called hands across the world uh meal and uh, where did that come from? Where you decided that you just wanted to give back? It's very, it's very traditional here in Hollywood. There, a lot of them are putting their time and effort into it. Where did that come from for you to help so many people? Um, I think when you do something for for nature and 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 do projects like that, it it unites. There's no ego. There's no ego. You can do some extraordinary things which you can't do in a commercial way. You know, you get to meet people, and who have similar higher ideals and higher um, things they want to do for other people. So you make friends, and unfortunately, anywhere I don't have a social life. I uh, I'm stuck always. Yeah, I'm behind, and I'm I'm supposed to deliver something, and and in a way, it's a good thing, but also a bad thing that there's no not much free time. There is free time for the basic things like meditation everything with things with family but okay let let me go two days and go go for a holiday and this and that but the only time i socialized a bit was post oscars i remember we we went to the governor's award talk about that i would like to tell a little story everybody here's a little background i go to the governor's ball with the beautiful ar and he sits down and he's eating. And I said, Ar, what are you doing? No, he don't stand up and say hello to people. And he says to me, oh, people don't know me. I said, everybody knows you. Who's standing right there? It was Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And I said, let's go and say hello. And I said, oh, I was, yeah. And then they said, oh, I know who you are. So everybody knew who you are. So I didn't let you eat so much that day. Everybody. <laughs> They wanted to talk to you, and they wanted to take a picture of you. Because sometimes, you know, you, they don't know what exactly you look like, but they know your music. Uh, 
What do you think um, the experience working with Danny Boyle and you did a few films for him? What was it like working with him? What? How was that experience? I think it's like for me, it's like so Indian in a way. So it feels like somebody, one of us. Uh, his he's humble. He's kind of like a socialist. He <laughs> believes, <laughs> and uh, so he would come in a the tube and then the little place I have in London we would work and both the movies were done like that he would come in the evening sit for a couple of hours and in in 10 days 20 days we'd finish a score so um then I worked with him on, on the Olympics a bit and then his daughter Grace Boyle um, was working as a sensory uh, director for my scent thing for Le Mask so it's been a great relationship and we keep bumping into each other. I know everybody adores you. When they work with you, they keep wanting to work with you. Uh, when there's a piano there, it's hard for me not to. I sometimes love come over when you just play something that you spontaneously come up with. How about that? Can you just improvise something for me right now? Because I always want them to feel what it feels when I come over to your house. You just go to the piano and you just start. You just play it never something. comes when people are watching this, a problem. <laughs> I want to because you are so amazing. Do something, please, for me. Play something that comes to you. <laughs> Remember, you wanted me to play this. That's right. I told you. You asked where my son is getting married because you always want to play Havana Gila. Have a time. Here's the thing. Before we say goodbye, um, I want uh, what do what do people not know about you? What is something that you feel that people don't know about you? I don't want them to know about it. <laughs> Why should I tell what? What is it about you? What well, nothing. Uh, I, mean, I think my life is pretty straightforward. Yeah, but what hobbies do you do that some people don't even know? Something that you love, type of music or thing that you do. I think this this whole new thing about writing stories and having starting my own uh, film company where I want to do musical movies. Um, that's one thing I think not many people know still, even though the trailer's released and the soundtrack is released. I'm waiting for the release date for my movie, 99 Songs, because of uh, 99 Songs. I had the chance to work with one of your lead actors there. Um, yes, I love that. I think it's so beautiful. Uh, you are really an inspiration for the world with the music. We need your music. Before we say goodbye, I want to say that 
like spending time with you. I'm doing this for my selfish reasons. Because having some time with Mr. AR is just a pleasure. You just feel better. Listen to I couldn't hear you. Sorry, what did you say? I lost you. Are you there? Can you hear me? Something happened. Are we... Do we have it? Sorry, no, yeah, you, 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 I couldn't hear you. What, All what right, I said, I said the idea is that when I listen to your music, you sort of calm the soul. And uh, when I hear music, you make me feel like everything is possible. <laughs> so I want to say um, that thank you on behalf of everyone. Uh, keep sharing your gift. Keep, uh, keep making music. And we need, we need the sounds of togetherness. It always feels like when we're together, it just, you're, you're always the friendliest person to everyone. And, um, and, and we, you know, I want to say, please say hello to your family. Uh, please say hello to everybody. We, I have to let you go because I know that you have another interview. And so you're a very busy man. And so you're doing a lot of these. I want to, in a way, this has brought us together. And I think that everyone needs to be inspired that you didn't have an easy life. Uh, you had to, you had a lot of things to overcome, but yet you decided to just focus and believe on your gift and your talent. What do you want uh, the, the musicians or artists to know uh, that they can take with them for today? What, what do you want them to know? What message do you have for everybody? I think uh, you are the best motivator and I've been hearing all your stuff. I think you should give that. Uh, I love to, you know, I've been to your classes. I've been like a fly on the wall. And I think you should, you should probably find something what you think is right about me and you should give that advice. Well, the advice is the fact that if you invest in yourself, people will invest in you and you have a thing where, where uh, the first person has to believe in themselves is you. You're, you're someone who um, there's a kind of a feeling of giving. It's not about what you're going to get which is very Hollywood. It's about what you're going to give. The more you give, the more you get. And you're also what I call uh, a self-starter. You create your own opportunities. You don't no. wait for people. You're making... That's the, part. that's the part that you're... I think that's the biggest thing is that you don't sit around and wait because if somebody... Nobody would have given you a career. No one would have said, here, start this. You were there and you made yourself available. But also, I think the biggest thing about you is you believe in miracles. You're definitely yes. a man because miracles have come your way and you're like, I'm ready. So are you ready and available? Uh, let me play a song. <laughs> I, I want to thank you. Listen, thank you. I'm going to see you soon. Hollywood is always waiting for you. All our people. Uh, I remember when I met you with Quincy Jones. He's a big fan of yours. Everybody's a fan. Please give my best, everybody. I want to thank your team for making this happen. I appreciate it. Uh, I, you know I love you. David loves you. We all care. And we all say goodbye. And I say thank you very much, Mr. Elah Rahman. See you then. Shalom. Shalom. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later. Okay. So um, what can we say? It's... Uh, it's just it's just amazing to to see um, Mr. Ar uh, giving so much of himself, and uh, it's it's kind of an amazing journey. 
uh, to spend time with him. I, I want to let you know if you want to find out more about what I'm doing and how you can find out how you can use and find your creativity, please go on my website, bernardhiller.com, join my newsletter. I think what we need to do is that we're all born to be creative and you need to use your creativity in a positive way. You have to use your creativity, not just and as an artist, you can use it in business, but creativity is the future. There has been a book written, which is the future is going to be not for the people who know the most, but the people who listen to their creativity. Creativity is something that computers cannot learn. And that is something that humanity is so strong. Uh, they're strong with, which is increasing and uh, I want to say, uh, and supporting your creativity. Believe in yourself. Be yourself because everyone else is taken. There's no one quite like you. There's no one quite be, have the courage to be your authentic self. I thank you. Uh, please leave your comments. Do one thing. Tell me how you feel about this uh, interview. I am so honored. We will have different uh, artists coming up next week, different musicians. We've had all different types of people here and we're here to celebrate creativity, something that everyone uses. And uh, I thank you for spending some time with me and I hope to hear from you soon. Please email me and I talk to you soon. So until then, goodbye from Beverly Hills, California. We're here and saying it's time to be you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.